Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Jim, another grand slam for Royce Lewis. Uh, you know, you can go a long time. We've seen very good hitters go years without hitting a grand slam. He has three in his first 50 career games. The guy is Mr. Clutch so far. The only twin ever to hit two grand slams, to hit grand slams in consecutive games. Yeah. Uh, think about the history of the twins, all the great hitters, all the great power hitters, the 2019 season where they set a team record for home runs. Nobody's ever done this before. He's already got three. He loves the big moment, uh, supremely confident, wants to be the guy, uh, charismatic, already a leader uh, on this team. Uh, you know, he's just, he's a superstar in the making. Hmm. And, and he has the personality to handle the difficulties of being a superstar. He wants to be a leader. He wants to be a great player. He loves being on a team. Uh, he's just one of those guys that everybody loves him, and that is much more rare than you would think. He's the kind of guy where if the Twins decide to go to Carlos Correa and say, let's move you to third base, wouldn't he be? I mean, Correa would be accepting at some point of that, wouldn't he? He would. I actually think, that, I mean, Correa is a great, great fielding shortstop, a mm. great fielding shortstop. Royce Lewis would be an average fielding shortstop. Uh, if you were playing Royce Lewis there, it would be because you wanted his bat and lineup and you were willing to give up a defensive position to have his bat and lineup. Um, I think what's more intriguing is if Brooks Lee or Austin Martin ends up being a true shortstop, um, would they bump Correa at some point? But I'll tell you what, Correa is still a great fielder. And this year, playing with plantar fasciitis, um, maybe less range than he usually would, he's still a great fielder. So, I'm just not sure they're going to be in any rush to move him off short. Royce fits great at third base. Um, and really the, the interesting questions are, okay, uh, Julianne is going to be on this team for a long time. So I think they let Polanco walk after this year. Mm-hmm. I think Julianne's their second baseman. Uh, so what do you do when Brooks Lee and Austin Martin are ready? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe the answer is, and, 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 part, and part of that decision will probably be made by whether Buxton can come back, play center field, and, and be healthy this year. I mean, there, there's so many moving parts. But what's fascinating is that a team that not that long ago had a lineup that was kind of embarrassing to look at and was performing horribly. Now they have way too many hitters for the number of positions on the field, especially once you start factoring in Lee and Austin Martin's surge and the fact that uh, Jenkins is already one of the best prospects in baseball. No doubt, and and keep coming. And, you know, we've seen that the Twins have had a penchant for trading for starting pitchers. I mean, it would seem as though next year or the year after, they, like you've referenced, they could have a plethora of players on the infield, and if they have a shortage of starting pitching, maybe, a, you know, that's, that's where they go with that. Yep, uh, and next year's rotation is probably going to be Pablo, Ryan, um, Ober, and then we'll see about Maeda. And then we'll see if there's somebody else that makes sense. Uh, that's where maybe they go out and they get, they do trade like Austin Martin for a, a good fourth or fifth starter, a good middle rotation guy, just to have pitching depth because pitching depth is what ca- has carried them this year. Um, so I, I, I definitely could see a trade. You know, I remember people were talking year last couple of years, oh, why don't you trade Lloyd Slowish? You already have a stacked infield. You, you know, you can always get more pitching. I was like, this guy's going to be a star. Do not trade. So, so you got to trade the right guy. I wouldn't trade Brooks Lee. I wouldn't trade Jenkins. I don't think they would. Uh, but maybe Austin Martin's that guy who doesn't quite fit in your plans but might bring something in return. 
Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and all of those things are in the future. For right now, they're they're not concerned. They'll they'll let Brooks Lee play out the season, I would think. Yep. Is there a September call-up chance a little bit just to get a look at him? Well, really, you're, you know, it's not like the old days where you could bring up anybody you yeah. want. And if, in the old days, I think they definitely would have brought up Brooks Lee to get a feel for the big leagues. Um, they might have brought up a pure pinch runner, you know. You can really they could really manipulate the roster in the old days. Mm-hmm. Uh, these days, I, I like this rule because then I you do don't too. have you don't play the Royals and they're playing eight double A players. Uh, it kind of destroyed the the legitimacy of a lot of September games. Yeah. Uh, really, right now, the way I break it down, they got fifteen or sixteen players for those fourteen slots. If everybody's healthy, mm-hmm. they're going to get Castro off injury. They're going to get uh, Carroll off back off injury. They're going to get Buxton off injury. Uh, they already have a kind of a stacked roster on the position player side. I I could see them actually having to decide whether to get rid of Luplo or Gallo. And the way Gallo is swinging lately, they might decide to get rid of Gallo. Yeah, it's they they took a shot on him. I I thought it was a good chance to take, but but Gallo really does appear to have kind of lost his feel up there. Uh, and it's been a few years now. He hasn't hit over a buck eighty in about three years. And I. I he did help them, you know, when Kepler was doing nothing, when Buxton was slumping. He did have games where he would win you the game. He did a three-round homer, he'd hit a clutch homer. Uh, his OPS was one of the better OPSs on the team for about half a season. So he, he actually brought in, he's an excellent first baseman, excellent left fielder, excellent right fielder. He can play center field, he runs well. He brought some value to the team this year. They might not have a seven-game lead if they hadn't signed him. But now, with everybody else surging, and him slumping, he just doesn't seem to fit. How about, uh, you mentioned Buxton already appears to be making his way toward a return. How about Kirilov? Uh, I think he's getting closer. Um, I think Brock Stewart could be back mid-September to late September. The idea for him, would be, can, you get, can you get him some work so you feel comfortable using him in the postseason? Oh, they sent Ober down yesterday. It'll be interesting to see if they work him as a reliever or a starter. Mm. Um, and, you know, I would, I would work him as a, a reliever at this point. Um, and then, you know, the, I think Buck is going to go out on a rehab assignment here soon. Mm-hmm. I think Kirilov the same. I think Castro the same. Although Castro's wife's having babies, so that might buy him a little bit of time before he goes back. I mean, he's been actually on a rehab assignment. The question is, how close is he? So there are a lot of moving parts here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always hard to predict when somebody's going to be completely ready. But they, are, they do have a chance of having an absolutely stacked lineup by the time you get to October. Ryder Cup team announced this morning, not really any big surprises. Uh, the two guys that were in the top 12 that didn't get in, if you were going to pick two, it probably would have been Cameron Young and Keegan Bradley. They probably don't like it much, but you almost had to have Fowler. He's had such a terrific last three quarters of the season, and and Thomas is a very good player in team matches and so forth. So what did you make of the Ryder Cup picks? Well, I really think you hit on it. Mm-hmm. Cam Young and Keegan Bradley were the two guys ranked in the top 12 in Ryder Cup points who didn't make the team. Mm-hmm. I love Tony Finau. I would love to see him on the team. He didn't earn it. Um, I think Bradley and Young are the guys who, if you're going to build a legal case, you could, you could present evidence that they deserve to be on the team. Mm-hmm. This is very clearly combination sentimental and, you know, trust, trusting pick here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Johnson believes that despite his struggles this year, that Justin Thomas has the right kind of personality, the right kind of game to play this course, and he trusts him more than he trusts Cameron Young or Keegan Bradley. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. And I can't say he's wrong. Um, Cameron Young putted horribly this year. We know how 
clutch putting can swing entire matches in the entire Ryder Cup. It's really hard to pick a guy who isn't playing well or putting well at this point. Mm-hmm. Keegan Bradley had a nice year. Um, do you really do you trust him right now at the stage of his career? Uh, you know, I would say that Thomas and Keegan Bradley are both a little iffy. So they went with a the guy they just trust more in Justin Thomas. I can't say that's the wrong pick. Yeah. And Cameron Young has lots of time yet to earn his way back onto the team as well. To me, the interesting pairing is going to be whoever they pair with Patrick Cantlay because of his very deliberate style. Uh, he isn't you know, a personality really that much. He played his way on. He deserves to be there. But you got to find the right teammate for him too. Kenley is an odd duck in a lot of ways. A slow player, uh, you know, he thinks he's really smart, and he might be, but he certainly lets you know that he thinks he's really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably not the easiest guy to match up with a teammate. You're absolutely right. But I do think that Zach Thomas, uh, I think he's a smart guy. He's been on Ryder Cup teams. He's been Ryder Cup assistants. I think he has a good feel for it. My guess is that he knows somebody who likes Cantley or he thinks will match well with Cantley. And who knows, maybe that's Justin Thomas. I don't know. I really don't know if those two guys are close or if they get along. But I, I, I bet that Zach Thomas has in mind somebody who he thinks will play well with Cantley. Yeah. Hey, I think Bill and you talked about this last week when the news was fresh, but I wanted to ask you about it too. Uh, Trey Lance gets traded to the Cowboys yep. of all teams for a fourth-round pick just a few years after they gave up multiple first-rounders to get him. Why were the Vikings not really in on Trey Lance? That's my question. Uh, um, and the answer is that they, and I think this, is, this demonstrates they're probably wrong, um, they feel invested in Jaron Hall. Mm. They spent a mid-round draft pick on him. They worked with him all summer. They developed him. They, they saw some things they liked in preseason games. Uh, they kind of think that he's their developmental quarterback, and that's where I think they might be making a mistake. Mm. And sometimes organizations, you know, they become fond of people who they're, they're spending time with. I think objectively Trey Lance is a more talented quarterback yeah. than Hall. Uh, he's, he's younger. He's two years younger. Yeah. Uh, he's much more upside. He has played less football, uh, and the 49ers completely botched their acquisition of him and their development of him. Yeah. Uh, and he had some injuries that contributed that as well, of course. Uh, I would have happily given up a, a third-round pick or a fourth-round conditional pick that could increase to a second if Trey Lance ended up playing a lot. Uh, I, I just think they missed an opportunity to guy, get a guy who – and here's the thing. Even if it had failed, if, let's say they gave a third-round draft pick to get Trey Lance and it didn't work out, I would say that is a very reasonable price to try out a really talented quarterback that, you know, that if you went back in the draft, somebody might spend a first-round pick on. Yeah, bigger, faster, stronger. When you're talking yep. projects, I like the guys with tangibles, uh, and, and that's what Trey Lance has coming out his ears. That's why he was a second pick in the draft. But Yeah, uh, and, and I think he's a good guy. I also think yeah. that Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips would be ideal and Kirk Cousins will be ideal for developing. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan. Brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.